This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Our first story tonight stars two silver screen legends, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. In past introductions for the show Bold Venture, I made mention of their great difference in age. She was 19 when they met. He was 49. So tonight I'll look back at their careers aside from the radio show. In 1999, the American Film Institute selected Bogart as the greatest male star of classic American cinema. He began acting in Broadway shows and beginning his career in motion pictures with Up the River, 1930. Bogart appeared in supporting roles for the next decade, sometimes portraying gangsters. He was praised for his work as Duke Mantee in The Petrified Forest, 1936, but remained secondary to other actors that Warner Brothers cast in lead roles. And despite his success in that film, Bogart signed a tepid 26-week contract at $550 per week and was typecast as a gangster in a series of B-movies. Although he was proud of his success, the fact that it derived from gangster roles weighed on him. Let me quote him. He said, I can't get in a mild discussion without it turning into an argument. There must be something in my tone of voice or this arrogant face, something that antagonizes everybody. Nobody likes me on site. I suppose that's why I'm cast as the heavy, unquote. His most significant romantic lead role was with Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca, 1942, which earned him a first nomination for the Academy Award for Best Actor. He reprised those unsettled, unstable characters as a World War II naval vessel commander in the Kane Mutiny. In 1954, it was a critical and commercial hit and earned him another Best Actor nomination. For his role as a cantankerous river steamboat uh, skipper with uh, Catherine Hepburn, the missionary in World War II's The African Queen in 1951, he received the Academy Award for Best Actor. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Lauren Bacall, well, she began her career as a model before making her film debut as leading lady into Have and Have Not with Bogart. And I found this interesting. After meeting Bacall in Hollywood, producer Howard Hawks immediately signed her to a seven-year contract with a weekly salary of $100 and personally began to manage her career. Bacall was also trained to make her voice lower and deeper instead of her normal high-pitched nasal voice. Hawks had her, under the tutelage of a voice coach, lower the pitch of her voice. Now, here's part of her training. She was required to shout out verses of Shakespeare for hours every day. Her height at 5 feet 8 and a half inches was rather unusual among young actresses in the 40s and 50s. That also helped her stand out. Her voice was characterized as a smoky sexual growl by most critics and a throaty purr. She also worked on Broadway in musicals, earning Tony Awards for Applause in 1970 and Woman of the Year in 1981. And Lauren Bacall also won a Golden Globe Award, was nominated for Academy Award for her performance in The Mirror as Two Faces, 1996. So, let's put these two stars together for another episode of Bold Venture. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Bold Venture. 
Once again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. Your name's Slate Shannon. That's right. And this is Miss Duval. I'm very happy. Then I'm happy, too. Hello. My name is Cameron. I have a plantation outside of San Tomas. Sugar. Sugar? For the time being, just call me Sailor. What can we do for you, Mr. Cameron? I've never come to a man and, and begged before in my life. Well, then you've come to the wrong man. You don't have to beg anything from me. It's about a girl. A young girl. Wild, impetuous, and spoiled. No, thanks. Mr. Shannon already has one. Sailor, why don't you go and put a new point in our desk pen? Where am I going to get a new point? Post office is closed. Please. It's about my daughter. It's about Kathy. Kathy and the Blue Moon. Oh, yes. There's a gambling ship in the bay called the Blue Moon. Look, if you're a man in trouble, I'll listen to you. If all you want to do is hire someone to spank your daughter for gambling, get yourself somebody else. Because nobody else can do what I want you to do. You haven't told Slate yet what it is. Maybe he won't Do you mind if I make my own decision, sailor? Go ahead, Miss Cameron. Kathy's involved with a man named Norton. Oh, yes, I've heard of him. He owns the Blue Moon. How did your daughter get mixed up with a guy like that? I don't know. All I know is that since she's met him, she's... Well, she's changed. She's a stranger to me. She's on that boat all the time. I have an easy solution. Why don't you just tell Mr. Norton to buy your daughter from the boat? I've tried that. He laughed in my face. He told me... Hold it a minute. Sailor, there's a guy over there at the cigar counter. Take care of him. Go ahead, sailor. I'll remember every word Mr. Cameron says and tell you later. All right, Cameron? Well, Norton knows something about Kathy I don't. I know my daughter. It's more than just a lust for gambling. Please, will you help me, Shannon? Go there, talk to Kathy. Convince her that she she need never go back to that ship again. Please, please, I'll, I'll give you anything. Put your wallet back. Your daughter's in trouble with Norton? I'll, I'll try to straighten her out. You don't understand, Shannon. I'm a rich man. When I bring Kathy back, you'll give me a box of lump sugar? You knock too loud, Paul. You disturb our boss. Tell Greg I want to see him. Our boss sleeps. His brain goes all the time. He needs rest. Wake him up, Mickey. I've got something for him. I don't wake up, boss, till he asks me. Wake me up, Mickey. Who wants me? It's your croupier, Paul. The wheel jockey says he's got something. He can keep it to himself till you get your share of sleep, boss. Let him in. Our boss says for me to let you in. I'll let. Uh, you have something for me, Paul? Well, give it to me, but make it tender, because I just woke up. I uh, was in Shannon's place a little while ago. And you had fun. Rub my neck, Mickey. There's a crick in it. Yeah, thanks, boss. Ah. Oh, that's good. That's very good. There was someone else there. Kathy Cameron's father. Now the other side, Mickey. Ah. He's sick with worry about his daughter. Wants Shannon to take her away from you. You three must have made a jolly group. They were so wrapped up in it. Shannon, his girl, Cameron. They thought all I wanted was to buy a pack of cigarettes. You're a good boy, Paul. The thing of many talents. Shannon's coming out here to the boat. I thought you'd need to know. Paul's a good boy, isn't he, Mickey? I'm better for you, boss. He can't do the things for you I can do. He can't... Of course he can't, Mickey. Nobody can that's why I keep you around, isn't it? See? See? That's why he keeps me around. That's why... Sure, Mickey. <laughs> so they want to take Kathy away from me. And Kathy will never leave me. Because I fixed it that way, didn't I, boss? Mm-hmm. Because you threw yourself in front of her car because she thought she'd killed you. That's why you've got to keep out of her sight because for as long as she thinks you don't exist, she belongs to me. Till I use her up. Her and her daddy's money. And so clean. She loses it to me at the roulette table. Clean and legitimate. Boss, this Shannon could... No one's going to spoil it, Mickey. Not a well-paying corpse like you, I give you my word. Look through the porthole, Greg. That's Shannon's boat coming alongside. Go hold his hand, Paul. Then bring him to me. I want to tell him how he can't part two sweethearts like Kathy and me. (laughs) 
me and my gambling ship great honor, Mr. Duval, Mr. Shannon. Your boy brought us to you. We asked for Kathy Cameron. He didn't want to deny me the pleasure of meeting you two. He has standing orders to deliver to me first the illustrious, the renowned. You see, Slate, I keep telling you that's what we are. You never believe me. Go on, Mr. Norton. You were saying... That I would have shuddered if you came aboard and deprived me of yourselves. Gee, you're smooth, Mr. Norton. The way you talk. The waxed mustache. That's the only word for you. Smooth. So you saved yourself a shudder, Norton. Now, is it all right if we go find Kathy? She may not care for you disturbing her at the gambling table. Now, what did you want with Miss Cameron? We're going to take her back to Havana with us, Norton, because her father's lonesome for her. He's a funny guy. He thinks his daughter ought to spend more time at home. Any objections? Uh, I only asked you because you stuck your nose in. (laughs) No objections. I only fear for you. You think you can stop me? I know I can. However, Miss Cameron is in the casino on A deck. And uh, please sign the guest book. I'll want something to remember you by. Number 12 on the black. Black page, 12 page. Miss Cameron? What? Mind if we talk to you? Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Place your bets. Mind if we talk to you? Go away. I can't do that, Miss Cameron. Why don't you two try the poop deck? It's a good place to jump from. Jump from? Oh, your preposition is dangling, Kathy. Your father must have picked the wrong finishing school for you. My father? Oh, you made me miss my bet. Sailor. I know. You want me to kibitz that hot game of old maid over there. Come on, Kathy. Let's get some air, you and I. You're hurting my arm. It's an advice I use to make myself clear. Come on. I made a suggestion to you before concerning the poop deck. Or if that doesn't suit you, why don't you try it from this rail? You're just a kid, Kathy. You've got to grow up a little more before that kind of talk becomes you. Oh, you think I'm a kid? Nineteen, twenty. Kids that old and women over 40 use lipstick the way you do. Another suggestion. A girl 19 is better for you. Want to know why? I'll put my arms around you and show you. Hey, take it easy. And hold you. Okay, naughty. Yeah! <clears throat> Did you notice, Miss Cameron? I only had to do it once. Right in back of the neck. Get him out of here. I think I'll give him back to Miss Duval. <laughs> Don't you think I'm considerate? Mr. Slate, he stood on moonlit deck. Man from behind hit him in his neck. Lady sailor, she bring from ship blue moon. Her winnings to date, Mr. Slate in a swoon. Because they tried to do one very good deed. Bring daughter back to father who cried his need. He waved at them, a face full of war. Mr. Slate, he said, don't cry, I go. You see, Slate, you didn't make such a hobby of helping people. This never would have happened to you. That's just what a fellow needs at a time like this, sailor. A kind word. Now you are hurt, Mr. Slate, because you love a good deed too much? (laughs) Yeah. I live for the moment when I can bring a wandering girl back to her daddy. Let Norton have her. I don't think I could go through this again. You go through with it. Your neck is my neck. I read that once in a poem. I'm going back to the Blue Moon, sailor. Mend me real nice because I've got some things to do there. I want to look good. Uh-uh. If you go back, they'll kill you. Those were Norton's parting words to me. He said, tell him not to come back. Next time, I'll give them to you in pieces. You're a complicated man, Slate. I could never put you back together again. Give me another whiff of your smelling salt, sailor. That ringing noise is back in my skull. You're a ham bone. That's the telephone. Shannon's place, Sailor Duval. Mr. Shannon, please. Oh, uh-huh. For you, Slate, the man who grows sugar. He's in a tizzy. Anyway, he makes sounds like a tizzy. I'll let you know. Slate Shannon speaking. Forget it, Mr. Shannon. Forget I arrived called on you. I don't need you any longer. Where are you, Mr. Cameron? I'm at home. But you're not to come here. You're not to... Get me a clean shirt, sailor. I've got to see a man who doesn't need me. (laughs) 
children. What's this all about, Cameron? Did anyone follow you here? I didn't bother to look. Let's go inside. If they followed inside. you. Inside. Norton's got you scared, too, huh? You don't know what you're doing coming here. Who did he threaten? You or your daughter? Get out of here. You made a big noise when I first met you, Cameron. Now all I hear is chicken. Your daughter needs help. What happened to all your worry about her? I'll kill you. I'll kill you. You're kidding. Oh, let go of me. You're going to oh. calm down. There. That's better. Now, don't let us throw you. It's just a matter of age and condition. They'll kill her. Now, they won't kill her. That's not what you're afraid of. Yes, yes. They're taking all your money through her. Killing you would be a safer investment. That way, they'd get the money a lot faster. I, I don't want to die. Neither do I. You started something with me. Now it's got to be finished. stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and the second act of our story. I give you two words, Slate. You're crazy. Yeah, I get psychotic when I'm beat over the head. Now look, it's three o'clock in the morning. Go get some sleep. I've gotten better prizes than you on the bottom of a crackerjack box. Why don't you do what I tell you? Look, if you tried to handle the bold venture now, you'd drive her into the rocks. In your condition, you... You've got a condition. The man said he'd kill you if you came out to the blue moon again. He said that he... Aren't you going to help me aboard our boat? All right. Sometimes I wonder why I even bother. I had a spaniel once who had better manners than you. Talk to me, Slate. Out of the way. You're going to give me trouble. Who are you talking to? Out of the way. Taylor. What do you want? Come here. Look at the motor. Wires all over the place. Someone's... Someone's come aboard. Who's there? I can't see your face. Who is it? But you can see my gun, can't you? Who are you? How about you, Mr. Vall? Can you see it? Uh, move it a little to the left. Thanks. My, it's pretty in the moonlight. If you get that boat fixed, take it north. If you take it south, you might get too close to the blue moon. Then everything will blow up in your face. I've been pushed around long enough. I've got about... And next time, I'll put the bullet into your head, Shannon, instead of into the woodwork of your boat. Want to try? No? <laughs> See? You can be sensible. Good night, mechanics. You do yourself nicely on my money, Paul. Your apartment, charming. The decor, excellent taste. And now that I've performed the amenities, you have something for me? It'll take Shannon a long time to fix his boat. And you convinced him not to annoy us anymore? Mm, it's hard to tell with a man like Shannon. Yes, you're ever so right. And it's up to you, my dear Kathy. If Shannon should discover you're a murderess, a hit-and-run killer, they'd take you away from me. And that would make you desolate, wouldn't it? You wanted me to do something? Just tell me. Don't claw at me like a fat cat. Emotions have their way with you, don't they, my dear? All right. Call Shannon's place. Ask for Miss Duval. Tell her to come here because you need her so desperately. In ten minutes. You do need her, Kathy. So you won't waste your precious life away in prison. Shannon's place, Sarah Duval speaking. This is Kathy, Miss Duval. Kathy Cameron, is Mr. Shannon there? No, he's sitting up with a sick boat. He's half not... Good. Listen, you must come here alone. Sixteen for sale, Gomez. 
Apartment 12. In ten minutes, if it matters to you whether I live. Well, that's the other side of town. How do I get there this time of night? There are no cabs. What do I do? Wave a wand over a pumpkin? Oh, you must. Please, find a way. Well, maybe King Moses will lend me his jalopy. What's wrong, Kathy? Why do you In want... In ten minutes, Mr. Val. The way you wanted it, Greg? Your choice of words was exquisite, my dear. And it is a matter of whether you live. Hey, watch out! You crazy fool! Look, I, I didn't see you. I... Oh, you're hurt, aren't you? I'll go get help. Hey there. Am I glad to see somebody? This man... I saw what happened. Get a doctor, will you? Your car was weaving from side to side. You ran this man down. What are you talking about? He just ran out in front of the car. And you tried to run away. If I hadn't stopped you, you'd have just left the man lying there. You know something? You don't have anything to worry about as long as you listen to me. You know something? Now your voice fits your face. First it was your face. You spin the wheel on the blue moon. And your voice happened a little while ago, aboard our boat. Wait a minute. It doesn't matter who I am. You hit that man. Ouch! Are you out of your mind, lady? Did I pinch you too hard? You're supposed to be dead. Hey, we got a clever one on our hands, Paul. Yeah. She's done being clever. Throw her in the car, Mickey. The boss will tell you where to throw her after that. Welcome, Mr. Slit. I got coffee perking for you in the kitchen. Uh, thanks, King. You didn't have to wait up for me. What I have and have not to do, Mr. Slate, is my own affair. I go bring your coffee. Oh, no coffee. Stay here, King. Sing to me. Right now, I need sleep. I do not think sleep will come to you, Mr. Slate. You just sit there and watch it. It will not come because Miss Salo is not here. She watched the Rome Havana this time, and I'd let her. I got other things on my mind. Two hours ago, there came a phone call. Miss Saylor, scribble address on pad, borrow my auto. Here is the address. I think you better go look for her, Mr. Slate. <laughs> You're afraid she looks gone with that heat. Take 20 bucks out of the register, King. That'll take care of it. Because the call came from Miss Kathy Cameron. Huh? I told you sleep would not come, Mr. Slate. You banging on the right door, mister? Yeah. Banging on the right head. Oh! Ah. Now we'll drag you inside. Come on, up on your feet. Get with it, Buster. Start talking. What's the matter with you? Up. This is where we were ten seconds ago. Start talking. Uh, Not gonna get you anyplace, Shannon. You know my name. Huh? That's for taking the liberty. What did you do with Sailor? Blue Moon. She's there. How come she's there? You're going to answer me, Buster, because you happen to be fresh off the Blue Moon. You're the guy who spins the roulette wheel. I tried to frame her. Didn't work. How? Make like hit and run. Blackmail. Little guy, Mickey, used to make a living at it. Run in front of the car, make out he's hurt. People get scared. Pay off. Sailor was too smart. Didn't bite. Same gambit you pulled on Kathy Cameron, huh? Get out of it, Shannon. You know, for a guy who spins a roulette wheel all day, how come you keep one in your apartment? Hobby. Uh-huh. Hobby. And you'll enjoy this. I read where a croupier in Monte Carlo practiced and practiced. He got good. He could put that ball in the black slot or the red slot almost every time he wanted. You're buying grief. He couldn't do it every time, but his average was great. All right, all right. Like you and Norton are doing to Kathy Cameron. Blackmailing her on a hit-and-run caper. She pays her off by playing the wheel, loses money every night. Knows it's rigged against her and can't do anything about it. <laughs> Stealing money legal. Uh-huh. Because I woke you from a deep sleep. Oh! I give it back to you. Thank <laughs> you. 
amigo. You'll vote for hire? Let me hear a number, senor. Five bucks. Not the right number. Try Carlos with the catboat. Ten. Ten bucks. Put your money where my hand is. Here. Eight bucks and change. Blue moon, Skipper. She's anchored a few miles out. First, I count the change. Look, you. Do you want the blue moon, senor? Then let me count the change. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Oh, here is the other penny. You, you almost didn't make it, senor. You want I should wait for you, senor? Yeah, wait. I give you a hand up the side. Now, there's rope hanging down from the side. Just hold the end of it. I'm going up hand over hand. And I'll pick a cabin, Shannon, and see how your luck is. Sailor. 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 Hey, it's the middle of the night. Yeah, isn't it, though? I'll get back to you. Sailor. That you, say? Let me in. I can't. The door's locked. You got a hairpin? What's the matter? Night wind playing hard with your hair, too? Slip it under the door. All right, here. Where did you learn how to pick a lock? A friend of mine taught me. Gee, that reminds me. I owe her a letter. Stay like this, sailor. It's been too long since I felt your arm against my cheek. Just think. All this while, there's only been a hairpin. Get back in there, sailor. Put your hair up. I'll be back. Can't get away, Shannon. You made a mistake, Shannon. I'm going to find you in that boiler room and kill you. I see you, Shannon. Well, I've got to hand it to you, Shannon. You tried. Too bad you had to die on a coal pile. You almost did. Come on down to the coal pile with me. I'll bring you. Start with this. I can still hear you. Can't hear you anymore now, Norton. Slade, are you all right? Look, I spoiled a nice clean shirt you washed for me. I'll wash your other one. First, there's a couple of guys on this boat. I've got to collect them for the police. What about Kathy? She's got nothing more to worry about. Her father can get her. Well, it happened again, Slate. You did your good deed and you got your lumps for it. Don't you get tired of it. Till the next time. Let's get out of here, sailor. All fixed, sailor. The last wire's in place. The bold venture's gonna run like a dream. Fine. Where are we going? Well, I didn't say we were going anyplace. I just said the bold venture'd run like a dream. You want to hear it? If it makes you happy. All right. Wait till you hear that motor purr. What kind of a dream does that sound like? Oh, I had it running a minute ago. Let me try. What'd you do to it? Touched it gently. You want to see how? See? Your eyes, your cheeks, your lips. You purr too, don't you? Full <laughs> speed ahead, sailor. There's a smooth sea tonight. And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. Bold Venture.
Stay tuned for The Baby Snook Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Baby Snook Show, an American radio program starring comedian and Sigfield Follies alumna Fanny Bryce as a mischievous young girl who was 40 years younger than the actress who played her when she first went on the air. Tonight, she welcomes Eddie Cantor. <laughs> Sanka is the coffee that lets you sleep. But now, wake up! It's time for the Baby Snooks Show! Snooks Show, which will star Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks with Hanley Stafford as special guest of the day, Eddie Cantor. And brought to you by Sanka Coffee, the coffee that's 100% flavor-rich, so you'll always enjoy it, and 90% caffeine-free, so it will never interfere with sleep. It is late afternoon in the Higgins household in Sycamore Terrace, and Baby Snooks has not come home from school. Daddy and Mommy are frantic with worry. Daddy has been making a tour of the town in search of Snooks, and he's just now coming in the house. Is that you, Lancelot? Yes, dear. Did Snooks come home? No. Didn't you find her anywhere? Not a trace. I went to the park, the drugstore, the movie theater. What was playing? (laughs) What's that got to do with it? It was called Flaming Passion. Snooks wouldn't be interested in seeing that. Oh, no. No, of course not. She's already seen it four times. Well, I don't know where else to look for her. Did you try the bakery shop? Bakery shop? Yes. Mr. Schultz tells me she often goes in there and steals the coffee cake. I should have thought of that. Take your feet off that chair. Oh, yes, dear. Say, do you think she could be at the public library? No, no, I doubt it. Isn't her library card in that big book there? Oh, yes. My, what did she take this book out for? A critical analysis of pre-Renaissance Gothic architecture. (laughs) Now, what did she take out a big book like that for? It makes more spitballs. (laughs) Oh, what's the matter with that kid? Mm, Well, remember, you're her father. Watch your ashes! Oh, oh, yes, dear. Doesn't she know that's public property? I'll just wait till she comes home. Oh, I wish she would come home. Well, don't you worry, dear. She'll show up. I have Uncle Louie and Aunt Sophie out hunting for her. This isn't the first time she's been late. But not this late. An ice cream for dinner, and she hasn't done anything naughty. Nothing that we know of. Maybe that's Snooks. It's Uncle Louie. Don't slam the door. Remember the picture. Hang the picture up again, Lancelot. Yes, dear. A cardboard house. Any news, Uncle Louie? Oh, not a thing. My bookie skipped town. (laughs) Oh, we don't care about the races, huh? Didn't you go to the police station? Oh, yes, 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 that I did. I didn't think you knew. please, (laughs) Uncle Louie. Please tell us what happened. Oh, it was nothing. I pleaded guilty and they let me off with a small fine. (laughs) Small fine? Yeah. I sent you to the police station to find out about Snooks. Well, so you did, but how do you like that? The low-down cheats took my check without batting an eye. I'll soon... That check turns out to be good. <laughs> oh, a lot of help you've been. Well, what about Snooks? A great little girl. Great. Louie, uh, try to be sensible. Don't you realize Snooks is gone? How did you ever arrange it? Oh. <laughs> Maybe something terrible has happened. Can't you think where she might be? Uh, let me see. I'll, I, I have it. I have it. I'll go look in the pool parlor at the corner. Oh, don't be ridiculous. What would she be doing at the pool parlor? Well, you know, Snooks. Maybe she's behind the eight ball again. Oh. <laughs> I'll go down and see. Uh, uh, goodbye, folks. <laughs> Louie, don't slap the door. Oh. Hang the picture up again, Lancelot. Yes, dear. Well, 
Answer the phone, Lancelot. Oh, yes, dear. Hello? Hello, Lancelot, dear boy. It's Aunt Sophie. Uh, did you find out anything, Aunt Sophie? About Snooks? No. The most unfortunate thing happened. I fainted. Uh-huh. In front of whose mansion? Uh, the Van Peistens. And you'll never guess what. They just happened to be having a big, swanky party. Well, however did you know? Well, last week you sprained your ankle and they had to carry you into the Kensington's tea dance, Aunt. The week before, you had a sunstroke. Now, never mind. They just happen to be unfortunate accidents. Why don't you forget your phony social aspirations? After all, we both know you used to be a waitress in a hash house. Why, Lancelot, that is merely a figment of your imagination. All right. Forget about it, Aunt Sophie. Just bring me some hotcakes. One stack of wheat's coming up! <laughs> Lancelot, for shame. How can you resort to such low-down trickery? A fine way to treat a weekend guest. I did you two jewels. <laughs> weekend guests. Since when is it three years from Friday to Monday? Lancelot! Well, I'm sorry, dear. It's just that I'm so upset about Snooks. Well, I'm going to do something practical right now. I'm going over to the radio station. Eddie Cantor's doing a program. Maybe he'll broadcast an appeal about Snooks. Okay, Mr. Cantor, we're ready for your number. All right. All right, thank you, sir. Remember, Union, I go back on the air with my program September the 26th. It's only 10 days away. Now, let's run over. I'm going to love that gal. Make it good, huh? I'm going to love that gal like she's never been loved before. I'm going to show that gal she's the baby that I adore. When she's in my arms again, our dreams will all come and the years between might never have been We'll start our lives anew I'm gonna kiss that gal like she's never been kissed before And though I miss that gal, she's the baby I'm waiting for We'll never part again, she'll hold my heart again Forever and ever more I'm gonna love that gal like she's never been loved before Sister, I can hardly wait. Feel my heart palpitate. We'll never part again. She'll hold my heart again. Forever and never more. I'm gonna love that gal. I'm gonna kiss that gal. I'm gonna love that gal like she's ever been loved That's fine. Oh, uh, excuse me, yeah. sir. I'm Lancelot Higgins. Do you run this studio? Run the studio? If I ran it, do you think I'd let myself get away with the things I get away with? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Eddie Cantor. Oh. Well, uh, Mr. Cantor, I came here for help. Well, I get pleasure out of helping people. What, uh, what is your trouble? My little daughter is lost. I see. Would you like to borrow one of mine? <laughs> oh, no, no. Take your choice. There's Marilyn and Marjorie. There's Janet. Listen, there's Edna. I, I can just, go on like this for days, you know. I just want my own dear little Snooks. I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Higgins. An only child, no doubt? I have three others. How many children have you? I don't know. When I left home this morning, Ida wasn't... Huh? So, I... <laughs> Mr. Higgins, I've been in the maternity ward so often they served me aspirin with my monogram on it. <laughs> So you see, I'm in a position to give you some advice. Oh, thank you. You say you have four little girls, huh? No, two of them are boys. Boys. In that case, you can give me some advice. <laughs> Please, Mr. Cantor. I thought if only we could make some sort of radio appeal, we might find Snooks immediately. Well, I'll speak to my announcer, Harry Von Zell. Maybe he could slip in the announcement with his commercial, huh? Oh, swell. I don't know how to thank you. No need. Glad to do it. Now, let me take some notes on her appearance. What does your little girl look like? Uh, 
Well, did you see Meet Me in St. Louis? Oh, yes. You mean she looks like Margaret O'Brien? No, Marjorie May. <laughs> and now she's lost. Yes. Let me be the first to congratulate you. Oh, but you don't understand. I want to find her. Well, everybody to his taste, but I warn you, the older they get, the harder they are to lose. <laughs> That's what George Jessel told me. I'll tell you what I want to do. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm pretty good at this sort of thing. When did you first notice that she was missing? Well, not for quite a while. I was busy in my laboratory working on a new invention, a fuel substitute. Really? Yes. It's a powdery substance. You simply drop it in water and use it for gas. What's it called? Salopatica? <laughs> But uh, seriously, why don't you take me home with you? Perhaps I can track her down for you. Oh, no, I wouldn't ask oh, you. To... Let's be on our way. I want to meet your family. Well, you asked for it. Dragon and his orchestra with June is busting out all over. about Snooks. Well, I've got someone here who might help us. Dear, I'd like you to meet Eddie Cantor. How do you do? Are you one of Snooks' little friends? <laughs> Madam, don't let my young appearance fool you. I'm old enough to be Snooks' brother. Older brother, oldest. Oh, ooh, ah. Mommy, this is Eddie Cantor. Who? Oh, you know him. If you knew Susie as I know Susie. Oh, 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 what a gal. Oh, Lancelot. Lancelot, how can you act so stupid at a time like this? Stupid? I've made a good living. Seriously, Mrs. Higgins. Mrs. Higgins, I came here to be of assistance. I want to do anything I can to help you find Snook. Oh, I've been racking my brain. I noticed a funny sound here. Go ahead. You know, you know... Just before you came in, I almost established contact with her. What's that? Oh, don't mind her, Eddie. She thinks she's psychic. Well, don't scoff. It's perfectly possible. All women have a sort of a sixth sense. They do. Did you ever try to sneak into 3 a.m. after a poker game? <laughs> I see what you mean. Sure, they're all equipped with radar. <laughs> 
I'm just kidding, Mrs. Higgins. You stay here and try to contact Snooks. And Mr. Higgins, would you show me the place where she was last seen? All right. It was up in the twins' nursery. Come on. Let's go. Nice, uh, nice little house you've got here. Well, it wasn't this nice when we bought it. No? We've made changes in a lot of the rooms. Here's the baby's nursery. Baby's nursery? I bet you made a lot of changes in here, too. <laughs> I have... I'd like to have a nickel for every one I folded and pinned on those two babies. Me too, me too. I was as fast as lightning in my day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you're probably pretty, pretty rusty now. Oh, I don't know. One doesn't lose a touch. Wouldn't be surprised if I could beat you right now. Bet you $10. You're on. You take one of the twins, and I'll take the other. Yeah. Here's yours. Yeah. Oh, sure. Mine would cry. Sure, sure. This was a better idea than we thought. Ready? Ready. All clear for action? All clear. Material unfolded? Material unfolded. Pin free and clear? Pin free and clear. Go. Roger. Once, Once over, over, twice, twice over. over. Up, up we go, go under we go, left side, right side. Hey, no pants! What's the matter? What'd I do? You can't do that. You forgot the powder. Well, I always use the powder afterwards. <laughs> After you've diapered them? How? How? I leave an opening. That's how. <laughs> Quiet. Quiet. Here comes Aunt Sophie. Well, what's going on here? Oh, we put daisies on the baby. Uh, oh. Babies on the daisy. <laughs> daisies on the Bobby. Oh. <laughs> he said oh. Bobby, I would have killed him. <laughs> well, you won't have a... <laughs> oh. oh, say. Well, you both have a poor sense of direction. Look how high up you've got them. You've gagged the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we felt we could use a gag here. <laughs> a comedian! Oh, he certainly is. This is Eddie Cantor. What? The Eddie Cantor? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Mr. Cantor. Why, I remember the first time I saw you. What a memory. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Why, you had been a star for years. Years? Take yeah. it easy. Take it easy now. Well, yes, I got in for half price. Yeah, why? Were you in the service? Uh... <laughs> I didn't know they had wax in the Civil War. Why, Mr. Cantor, I take back all the nice things I said about you. I bid you Avon Dupoy. Dupoy on you too, fool. <laughs> well, Mr. Cantor, it's getting later and still no sign of Snooks. Now, you say you last saw the child here in the nursery? Oh, no. I didn't see her. No? The cook, Sunshine, was the last to see her. Well, let me speak to her. Well, I'll ask her if she'll see you. You'll ask her? Tell her. Tell her I want to speak to her. Evidently, you don't have help at your house. Of course not. Not with six women in the house. I simply board each of them a carpet sweeper, and I stand in the middle of the room and direct traffic. <laughs> well, now, look. Why don't you tell me what you want to ask the cook, and I'll ask her while I'm doing the dishes tonight. Don't tell me she makes you wash the dishes. Oh, only takes minutes. Yeah, but why do you have to do it? Why not your wife? Who'd sit with the cook's child? Of course. I never thought of that. It's really not so bad. She gets every Thursday night off. Who, the cook? No, my wife. <laughs> Why do you let her get away with so much? Well, cooks are hard to get. Besides, she can lick me. Yeah. Well, I'll be able to handle her. Come on, Higgins, to the kitchen. I'll see some time. Is this the kitchen right here? Mm-hmm. Sunshine, I'd like a word with you. Yeah. That's the word. Goodbye. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sunshine, don't you know who this is? He's a famous radio comedian. Oh, come right in, Mr. Hope. <laughs> no. This is Eddie Cantor. Eddie Cantor. Well, come right in. Oh, you like me, huh? No, I just want to see how it feels to have ham in the kitchen again. That's all. Let's get out of here, Higgins. Wait. You said you were going to tell her off. Don't be silly, Higgins. Why should I talk harshly to her? She might be somebody's father. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) 
resume our search for baby Snooks in a few moments. But now, we'd like to have you meet our young singing star of Paramount Pictures, Bob Graham, singing How Deep is the Ocean. Refreshment for our guest. You mean that so-called radio comedian? No. Oh, now, now. Look, I'll fix it. Let's see, now, where would the coffee be? Not in the other. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, of course not. Uh, oh. Well, here we are. Uh, uh, oh. Well, here we are. Sanky coffee. Mmm. What a coffee, Higgins. What? Why, Sank is the coffee that lets everybody sleep. It's got the caffeine taken out, that's why. You see, it's the caffeine in coffee, not the coffee itself, that robs so many people of sleep. How did you get in here again, Wilcox? Oh, I was just passing by the kitchen window when I heard you say Sank a coffee. And at once I said to myself, Wilcox, if you're half the man I think you are, you'll go right in there and see if Mr. Higgins has had any news about Snooks. So, here I am, huh. and I... Wouldn't be the Sanker. Say, did you ever taste a coffee that could compare with it in richness and freshness and body? Why, a man would be mad to pass up a cup of Sanka coffee. But uh, don't get me wrong. If I had to choose between Snooks and Sanka coffee... There isn't any news of Snooks, Wilcox. Oh, too bad. Well, I'll just finish up my coffee and go then. I know you'd rather be alone at a time like this, Higgins. So long. <laughs> Now, back to our search for baby Snooks. Well, we've gone through the house, Mr. Campbell. Are you sure you've told me everything, Higgins? Everything I know. And I've spoken to everybody in your family? Everybody except Uncle Louis Groot. Well, where is... Oh, here we are, back in the living room. Uncle Louis! Get out from under that sofa! Well, all right. 
But if you weren't such a cheapskate, I wouldn't have to search for your cigars like a sneak thief. <laughs> if you'd buy your own, I wouldn't have to hide them all the time. I choose to take that as an insult. I've got a good mind to pack up and leave. Oh, yes? Right after supper. Yep. Uh, uh, who's your bug-eyed companion here? Who's here? Bug-eyed? Uh, Louie, that's no way to talk to a guest in my house. This is Eddie Cantor. And he's going to ask you a few questions. Yeah. I got an alibi, Mr. I was standing in my own business. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It was a nice conversation we had. <laughs> Look, I'm not a detective. I just want to ask you a few amateur questions. Oh, well, go ahead. I'll give you a few professional answers. <laughs> Being questioned is nothing new for Louis. Well, don't worry. He won't outsmart me. What's your name? Louis Groot. Where were you born? New Orleans. How old are you? 55. Are you a citizen? Yeah, are you? Yes. Age? 53. Born? New York. Name? Eddie Camp. Who's asking who? <laughs> Is he? I told you you wouldn't get anything out of him. Well, I'll be running along. Don't hesitate to call on me. Goodbye, Mr. Groot. Uh, so long, bug eye. Bug eye. Don't slam. Such strange people. Yes, I wish I could lose him instead of Snooks. Oh, poor little Snooks. I'm terribly sorry I haven't been able to help you, Mr. Higgins. Of course, I will make an announcement on the radio, but I, I wish I could do something in the meantime. Oh, you couldn't do anything. Nothing can take the place of my little girl. Not even me? You. Well, I feel I've been listening to Snooks so often I could use oh, just as well. really? That's impossible. Why, Daddy? Oh, no! No, not that. I want to be Snooks. Uh, how can you? You're Eddie Cantor and Snooks is Snooks. I want to be Snooks! <laughs> this is silly. You're not a child. What am I? What do you think you are? An elephant. <laughs> you are not. When I grow up, Daddy, can I be an elephant? Why, of course not. Why should you want to be an elephant? So I can squirt water through my nose? <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. All right, I'll sit on your lap. No. You want to sit on my lap, Dad? Aren't you acting a little bit silly? Uh-huh. Because it's way past my bedtime, Daddy. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Tuck me in my little bed and put me to sleep, Daddy? Oh, sure. I carry you up to the nursery and tuck you in bed. Anything else, else you want? Yes. What? Kiss me. Don't do that! Daddy! What? I want to get out of bed. What for? You know. I'm thirsty, Daddy. I'm thirsty. Uh, never mind, I'm not listening. You'll be sorry. I'm sorry enough now. Don't bother me. If I don't bother you and go to sleep, can I go out and play with the girls tomorrow, Daddy? Oh, what would you be doing playing with little girls? Who said anything about little girls? <laughs> That's the last straw. You uh, want to be Snooks, eh? Uh-huh. And you want me to treat you just like I treat her? Yeah. Come here, dear. Here I am, little Daddy. What, what do you want? This. I'm sorry, Mr. Cantor. For a minute, I forgot myself. You see, it did you some good. It helped you forget. And believe me, Mr. Higgins, I'll keep on trying to find your little girl. I'm going to make that radio announcement tonight. What are you going to say? Just this. If anybody discovers the whereabouts of Snooks, please get in touch with her daddy, Lancelot Higgins, in Sycamore Terrace. Thank you, and good night. <laughs> program in the series, introducing the new Baby Snooks show, which will star Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks, with Hanley Stafford as Daddy, Carmen Dragon and his orchestra, and Bob Graham, vocalist. Stay tuned to this station for the adventures of the Thin Man, which follows station identification. And be sure to listen next week at the same time for another Baby Snooks show. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dragnet, followed by Father Knows Best. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.